All right, welcome back to the High Motor Guy podcast, Super Bowl edition. Uh, Colin Levesque, Matt Weber. Um, Colin, uh, you know, week one podcast, buddy, you said, uh, wouldn't it be cool if the Patriots uh, made it to the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona, where when, you know, you just recently moved back and uh, you kind of been talking about it all year. And then they got, they got smoked by the Chiefs in week four and they fell to two and two and, and Tom Brady couldn't throw a pass, you know, farther than five yards. And you're like, well, that 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 dream's over. And then we thought maybe the Bears would have a chance. And obviously that turned out to be a joke. Uh, and then, you know, there's some peaks and valleys and the Patriots get hot. And then you have this really scary playoff game against the Ravens. And then they blow out the Colts. And then you have all the off the field controversy with Belichick and Deflategate and all this crap. And now, dude, we're just what we record this on a Wednesday. I mean, we're we're three days away uh, from from the Super Bowl. And it's the two best teams in the NFL for the majority of the year. It's the matchup that uh, everyone's wanted to see. It's a pick 'em at, at many spots. Uh, other spots have uh, you know the uh, Seahawks favored by one, so it's it's a tight game on a neutral field, a controlled climate. Uh, couldn't get any better than this. And Colin is right down in the thick of it, right down in the Valley of the Sun in the Phoenix, Scottsdale, Glendale area. Uh, dude, it's it's got to be a dream come true. You just hope it's a, a slightly better result than the last time you were down there. Yeah, Matty, good to be back. A uh, week off last week to uh, take care of a couple things, but uh, here we are, and uh, what a weekend it's going to be. Uh, extremely excited, and yeah, we talked in week one. We thought it actually could be Bears Patriots, and uh, I, I strongly felt that way in the preseason. I really did. Um, and then the peaks and valleys, as you mentioned, the the week four uh, beatdown in Kansas City, uh, and the week before narrowly beating the Oakland Raiders like, yeah. in a game they probably should have lost uh, and then went on a run. So it's uh, it's been quite a season, and I've, I've ran through pretty much every emotion possible over the last <laughs> uh, week and a half here, as you can imagine. And um, it, it's really – I think it's nice to finally put some of this nonsense behind us here and start focusing on uh, what's going to be a, an excellent matchup. And uh, as you mentioned um, – you rarely see the top two ranked teams uh, come meet each other in the Super Bowl. We saw it last year with a disappointing result, but uh, we're getting that this year. We've been talking about it on here the last four or five weeks. Uh, Seattle ranked number one, New England two, for probably the last eight or nine weeks of the season. Um, so we're going to get an excellent matchup, and uh, I'm, I'm psyched, man. This is one of the best weekends of the year out here. Um, there's a golf tournament on Friday which uh, I will be in attending. I have uh, my brothers coming out from Boston. I have another good friend from uh, ESPN who will remain nameless uh, for his sake, but he'll be coming out on Thursday, uh, tomorrow as well. So we're hitting up the golf tournament on Friday. Uh, Saturday is my wife's birthday. And then uh, Sunday's the games, and I'm working on getting tickets to the game. So really, uh, really looking forward to it. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I, I wish you were out here. We could have probably got a press pass yesterday. And uh, gone into media day with our uh, high motor guy credentials. I think we could have worked something out. Well, I think Son of Bum at minimum would have hooked us up, or, or at least Andy Reid would have got, would have got us something, got our foots in the door, our feet in the door, <laughs> and then you know we would take it from there. Uh, but yeah, I, I I was telling Colin uh, before we went on the air here that. Uh, uh, me and a few of our buddies will be heading down uh, to Arizona, not for the Super Bowl, unfortunately, because I would love to be down there. But we will go down there for spring training, um, the final week of spring training when uh, the Cubs and White Sox uh, are, are setting their rosters and, and getting ready to uh, to head north for the regular season. And I've never been to spring training down there, and I'm really looking forward to that and, and getting to see Colin and his lovely wife and, and his buddies down there who I've met. So it's going to be uh, it's a good time. I mean, this is... This time of year, and you've said it before, these are the months why you moved to Arizona. <laughs> I mean, the the January, February, March, uh, where you know in the in the Northeast or in the Midwest, uh, it's starting to get into the doldrums of winter, where you're you're starting to get sick of it, and uh, you're starting to get sick of the cold, and you know we, we everyone's read about the snow uh, in the East Coast, and meanwhile in Arizona it's 75 degrees and sunny, and you're like, oh my God! Now in July and August it's a little brutal down there, but this time of year, I mean, it's just it's got to be just glorious down. There and, and the celebs are out in full force. You got the booth babes are out in full force. Uh, so what's up with this golf tournament? You got to tell me what, what this is about. Yeah, sure. So it's called uh, Waste Management Open. Uh, it used to be called the FBR years ago. And uh, what it is is you know a standard PGA event uh, starts on Thursday and ends on Sunday, uh, but it's every year during Super Bowl. 
And as a matter of fact, this is the first year Tiger is coming back and playing in it. He, uh, he played today, and uh, he took a few years off because he got an orange thrown at his head. I want to say in 2006 or 2005. So he stopped coming. And uh, what happens is on the, on the 18th hole, you can actually taunt the golfers. And it's fantastic. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's 18. It might be set. No, yeah, it's 18. It's a par three. And uh, you can actually taunt the golfers. It's crazy. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. Uh, and it's in the heart of Scottsdale. So you'll see, uh, you know, the Scottsdale women in 10 inch heels, you know, following the golfers around, looking for a husband. And then you have your, uh, your normal golf crowd. But then it's just a, it's a ruckus, uh, you know, kind of crazy event. I mean, you'll see a, a kid will jump on the green and dive into the pond and get <laughs> escorted out by security. I mean, it's really wild. It's awesome. How, uh, how have I not heard of this dude, single hole secret out here. Yeah, where you can heckle the golfers and it's accepted. Oh, it, it's so great, Matty. <laughs> it's fantastic. And uh, I remember in 07, my dad and my uncle came out for the Super Bowl and uh, we went on Saturday and they were like, are you kidding me? Like, the, the scenery is fantastic. Oh, I'm yeah. not talking about the palm trees. Right, right. Uh, no, that's uh, that's awesome. And uh, it's cool that Tiger's, you know, playing. Even though it's not the same Tiger, it's still awesome. He's still, a, you know, a spectacle. It's like seeing Michael Jordan. Uh, and uh, and you, see all, you see all the big names, you know, Phil's playing. Uh, and really, Matty, the, the thing that you take away from it, when you get a, you know, we got a couple VIP passes for Friday. When you're, and it's no different than any sporting event, but with golfers, really, uh, the, the worst guy that you see is driving the ball 370 yards. Right. It's really amazing when you're up close and you watch these guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I always say you, you need to go to at least one Major League Baseball game a year to really understand how hard it is just to feel it, feel a routine ground ball, <laughs> you know, at that level. Right, right. And, and you see those guys. I can't imagine seeing a, a PGA golfer just on, on a narrow-ass fairway with a crowd on both sides of it. Uh, and, and just just lacing it right down the middle, um, you know, like you said, 370 yards, uh, and then and then you know hitting a <laughs> hitting a nine iron like 200 and <laughs> sticking it on the green, um, like those guys are capable of doing. That I mean, yeah, to see that up close and personal, has got to be great. But it sounds like this is kind of an extra special golf event, just not a regular one. It is, and uh, like I mentioned, it's every year during the Super Bowl. Um, and out here, you know, like you said too, it's 77 degrees, so. Uh, it's really just a, an excuse to go party for four days. Yeah, I'm for And uh, typically people take, you know, Thursday and Friday off of work. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And the fact that you have the Super Bowl rolled up um, this year on Sunday as well, it's just fantastic. And uh, I walked around yesterday with my wife uh, and this morning downtown Phoenix. Uh, actually got interviewed by my hometown uh, or close to hometown radio station. Uh, I mean, news station today. I was just walking around. Uh, I had to bring my car down to Phoenix to get repaired and uh, took, just took a walk over to the uh, NFL experience because that's really not, you know, my type of scene um, where you're just like throwing footballs and, you know, it's like stuff for little kids mostly. Right. But um, so I saw a camera guy and a, and a reporter and I saw WMUR New Hampshire. And I was like, are you kidding me? You guys are from New Hampshire? So, uh, so they interviewed me. So, uh, there's a good shot. I'll be on the news in, uh, in Manchester, New Hampshire tonight. So, you know, if I, we do have some folks that listen back home, so, uh, you'll, you'll be hearing this, uh, tomorrow on Thursday, but, uh, if you do, uh, if you do, you know, let me know. I, I sent out a tweet today to the guy I talked to. Um, uh, so hopefully I get some airtime. I got to tell you, Matty, I was all cocky when they said you want to be on the air. And then when the camera turned on, I froze up a little bit. Um, <laughs> uh, and you know, didn't really take over my podcast skills to the, to the live air, but a little bit of an adjustment for me. For some reason, TV is a little different. It'll do that to you. And I've done a lot of TV in my life and I've gotten a lot better at it. But when I, I remember I, you know, I went to school for radio and I've, I've done radio for, it's, it's weird to say, but I've done radio for nine years now. Um, and, uh, and, and so it, I'm very comfortable behind a microphone, but in radio, it's, it's easy. You can be in gym shorts and you're relaxed and you can kind of do other things while you're talking and you can mute yourself and you can, you know, make faces, you can read websites, you can do all this stuff. TV is a whole different ball game. You're worried about how you look. You're worried about, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. And, uh, you got a camera right in your face. Uh, so yeah, I, I could see that, but, um, but yeah, I, you, you'll, you'll bounce back. That was, that was your first time on TV in a while. I, <laughs> I think you'll be fine. It, it was. Yeah. And I, uh, I gotta admit, I froze up a little bit, but, uh, hopefully it didn't look too bad on camera. 
probably a little disheveled this morning, but that's okay. Well, these two teams just kind of getting into it, and you know, we'll uh, we'll kind of uh, bounce around between the game and, and other stuff that's going on. I know uh, Colin has some thoughts on the off the field Patriots stuff that's been swirling around the last couple weeks, and and we didn't do the podcast last week because of the bye week, and and we had stuff going on, so uh, we can sort of touch on that because I've been getting some tweets, Colin, and I'm sure you have, looking for kind of our opinions on that. So we can we can touch on it, but um, but we'll we also want to talk about some of the you know the just setting the scene down there Colin's actually down there the high motor guy podcast has uh in in on you know a field reporter down on the scene in Glendale that you know he talked about he, he's he's at the NFL experience he's probably seen you know Carissa Thompson and Aaron Andrews and Sam Ponder and all the the, the little blonde sideline reporters that are skipping around down there he's probably seen the the former players of Neon Dion and, and Steve Young and Trent Dilfer and everyone um, so we went and kind of touch on that stuff too, but two teams that finished 12 and four, uh, two teams that, uh, in point differential were the two best in the NFL, new England outscored their opponents by 155 points over the 16 game schedule, which is just astounding. And the Seahawks weren't that far behind. They outscored by 140 points, um, which was second best in the NFL, uh, two teams that finished the year strong, uh, you know, with, uh, new England, uh, essentially, what Colin? They started out two and two, and they finished the season on a 10, 10 and two run uh, to close it out, which is just spectacular. And everyone knows Seattle won six straight to close out the regular season and really turned it on. And actually, I, you know, there was a stat that I think we touched on a couple of times. But if you played Seattle, then you were like zero and ten or something the next week uh, for a stretch there. Uh, which was which was pretty interesting. So not only would they beat you, but they would beat you up. And uh, both teams were very good at home and a very respectable five and three on the road. Uh, but this is on a neutral field. Um, this is climate controlled. Uh, this is going to be extra focused on the football. So I don't think either team is going to have any sort of gamesmanship advantage or home field advantage. Um, this is going to be, you know, may the best man win. Uh, I wish that Sherman and Thomas weren't uh, banged up, but it's the Super Bowl. They're going to play, and, and they're going to be shot up with, uh, with uh, you know, the, the cortisone shots and, and, and pain painkillers, and they'll be all stretched out, and they, they've been getting treatment for two weeks. It is kind of nice having the two weeks, too, so everyone can kind of, you know, get that's banged up can kind of heal up. Uh, no excuses. This is going to be a great one, and, and may the best team win. And Vegas uh, really doesn't have a read on it or a feel for it um, as far as setting the line because – like like we said, it's it's a pick 'em at a lot of spots, or or you have uh, New England minus one. Um, so uh, you know, I, the, as far as you know, I know Colin is excited because New England's in the game, and, and rightfully so. I would be if the Bears were in, but just as a football fan, this is what you wanted, and and, and it would have been fine if it was Packers New England too, because the Packers are also finished twelve and four, are a very good team, very scary team, uh, and had the perfect game plan against Seattle. But as a football fan, what else do you want besides New England Seattle? No doubt about it. Um, again, the top two teams rated Ve- Vegas power ratings at the end of the season, which was similar to last year. And like I said, you don't see that a lot. So, um, but this is a great matchup. And we talked off air. The line opened Seattle uh, minus three, and quickly uh, got moved down to uh, to one. And then at most uh, most offshores now is at a pick'em. Uh, you see New England favored by one and a couple square books. I think Bavada has New England by two, which is uh, pretty much their MO for being a square book. Um, but this is, this is a, a compelling matchup. And if you go back, you know, I know we had a week off, but I, I never thought I would say this, but Dom Capers really drew up a, an outstanding game plan um, in the NFC Championship game and really bottled up uh, Russell Wilson. And we know... We've ripped on Mike McCarthy and Dom Capers for a couple of years now. Um, and, and McCarthy so, didn't let us down. Jesus. No, he did not. And simply for the fact, if you go back a couple of years, uh, maybe not last year, but two years ago, where Colin Kaepernick just, I think he rushed for over 200 yards that read option. Um, so they put together a nice game plan to, to bottle up Wilson and keep him in the pocket. And when you keep him in the pocket, you can see how uh, really average he is as a quarterback. So I, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to figure out how Seattle's going to move the ball on New England if the, if the running game, if they bottle up Lynch. Um, Baldwin and Curse, they're not going to match up well against Rivas and Browner. So, and then you look at the Patriots' linebacking core with Collins and Hightower uh, and the way they're playing right now. And I look at the Seattle offensive line, too. Um, they picked it up late in the second half against Green Bay, 
But in the first half of that game, in the first three quarters, Green Bay Green Bay's front line dominated them. Yeah. And Max Unger was injured for a few weeks, the center, but he came back, and uh, I think he's still a little hobbled right now. So I would have to give the edge to uh, New England defensively, but then conversely, we know Seattle's defense is really good. But in our last show, we kind of talked about how Carolina moved the football up and down the field on them. They did. So they're, they're susceptible to giving up uh, to giving up yardage, and I don't know that it's this defense is as good as it was last year. Um, when I, when I look back to that San Francisco game, for example, their defense, you know, they gave up some yardage, but they were, they were outstanding. And in the Super Bowl, of course we know that result. So this, as far as matchups go, I, the one thing I am also a little concerned about is Brady, um, throwing the ill-advised interception. We've seen that a few times now. Uh, we saw that last week against Indianapolis and, uh, we saw that against Indianapolis during the regular season, um, we saw that against Baltimore as well. So I'm a little concerned about that. But if the Patriots can uh, control the tempo, if they can mix in Legary at Blount like they did against Indianapolis, and uh, they can have a balanced attack. I, uh, I like New England in this one, Matty. I'm taking the Patriots with the money line uh, or just a pick and price. Um, I, I, like our, I like how we match up. And uh, like I said, I, I don't know how Seattle is going to move the ball if, uh, if Lynch doesn't get going. Uh, and you can bet your ass that if they're up two scores late in the game and Seattle lines up for a field goal, they're not going to fall for the fake field goal. I mean, can you believe that one? <laughs> that was that ridiculous. special teams coach should have been fired on the spot. He should have been fired. Uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, settling for field goals inside the one-yard line on a couple of to- couple occasions. Aaron Rodgers with very rare red zone uh, interceptions, uh, challenging Richard Sherman in the end zone and getting picked off. There was a lot of things that Green Bay did wrong, and and yet they were up nineteen to seven with you know and dominated the game, uh, and until the very end. Now I, I do have to talk about this briefly because uh, I haven't had a chance to since we didn't do the podcast last week. Um, I of course touted the over in that uh, that Green Bay Seattle game, and uh, I said <laughs> I said it on the podcast, um, and I tweeted it out, and I said you know big play on the over, which I did play money of course. Um, but I was very, I felt very good about the over 46. I, I, I thought it was going to be a similar game to the Patriots versus Ravens game where both teams, both offenses really had it going. And I think the final on that one was like 35, 31. And I really saw a similar type game between Seattle and Green Bay where both offenses would get it going and would, would kind of, you know, go back and forth a little bit. And, uh, the game would get into the sixties and easily cover that total 46. So sure enough, uh, I have three different guys, Colin, uh, tweet me that, uh, they're shadowing my pick <laughs> before <laughs> the game. So, and not to mention another guy that I work with, um, I, who I didn't know at the time, but on Monday he, he, he told me he shadowed my pick too. So I had four different guys that I know about, you know, there could have been more, but I have four guys that I know about that specifically listened to the podcast, um, and, and, and shadowed my pick. So, the, you know, it's a lot of pressure. So sure enough, uh, that everything that could go wrong in that game went wrong. If you had the over, I mean, you had, you had teams turning the ball over in the red zone. You had, uh, a team's, you know, you had the Packers uh, kicking field goals when they should be going for it on fourth and one inside the one. You have Seattle uh, needing a two-point conversion in the third quarter and deciding to kick the extra point. And you're like, what the hell are they doing? <laughs> they need the two-point conversion here uh, to cut it to 11. I mean, why wouldn't you want to cut it to 11? So you're down, you know, a, a touchdown and a, and a field goal. Um, and, uh, just all kinds of stuff like that, that, you know, Rogers turning the ball over when he never does in, in those situations, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, it's 19 to seven, Colin, with three minutes left. <laughs> I mean, it's 19 to seven. You, there's no chance. And people are starting to chirp at me <laughs> on Twitter. Oh yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get that. Anyway, I mean, how about being a Patriots fan the last two weeks on two Oh, weeks my on God. Are you kidding me? It's, it, you, you almost can't even sign on to Twitter at, at this point. I am trolling the trolls at this point, Matty. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. I'm trolling the trolls. How about the two-point conversion in that game? You oh. must have been going crazy when they got Dude, that. So- I, I had a teaser. I had Seattle-New England teaser. So when they got the two points, I was like, here we go, baby. Yeah. And I was at a Green Bay bar. Oh, my God. I, I, I mean – this is pretty funny too. You're like this, and I, I legitimately felt bad for my wife and her friends because we were at a table without ten people, Green Bay fans, All Packers fans. So, right. so when Seattle ties it up with the two point conversion, everyone at the table is looking at me 
Like, Colin, what are we going to do here? You're the one with the radio show. You have a podcast. What are, what are we doing? And <laughs> and I felt like I almost felt like pressure. So I said to them, I'm like, listen, you got three timeouts. You have the best quarterback in the game. I'm like, you're you're okay. You know? Yeah, you're going to go down and, and kick uh, a field goal. Yeah, they go down and they, and Crosby <laughs> just nails the field goal. He banged um, that 45 yard and, and with the over. I needed that. I, I had to have that. it. Yeah. I had to have it. I mean, so th- you basically won with that, you know, besides the safety, yeah. you basically won with the over with that kick. So, but, but just think about what had to happen. So, Oh, it's unbelievable. Seattle had the greatest, to, maybe the greatest backdoor cover of all time. <laughs> Seattle had to go down, score a touchdown, kick an onside kick, recover it, score another touchdown, convert on a Hail Mary two-point conversion, and then with a minute and a half left, Green Bay had to go down and then make a 45-yard field goal in a, the most pressure situation ever in, in rain and wind. Right. <laughs> and all and he the, just drills it. And he just <laughs> drills it right down the middle. And, and then, yeah, like you said, once you're at that point, uh, a, f- a field goal or a touchdown, and you have it, the only thing you're worried about is a safety. And I was like, just my luck. I'm going to get the safety and push here. But after that, after, after that miracle, I would have lived. I would have taken a push. <laughs> you know what, too? Green Bay lost uh, a game, I want to say, four years ago. They lost a playoff game in overtime on a safety. <laughs> Rodgers got sacked in Arizona. That's how they lost. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, what a, what a cover. Man, good. I remember, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Um, and th- that was something else. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that. Uh, did you ever have a, a buddy when you were growing up, when you were watching a Bears game or, for me, a Patriots game, who would always be like, all right, we score here, we kick the extra point, we get the onside kick, we score again, we still get a shot here. You know, you <laughs> know, I had the buddy that would always do that. Like, like that's overly exactly positive. what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> overly positive guy, and you're like, dude, just shut up. The game's <laughs> <Shut> over. <laughs> I remember a Bears game a couple years ago where uh, it was like a third and 40, and they converted and they ended up going down. And tying the game up, and then I think losing in overtime. But you're like, holy crap! They they might win this game. It was just, it was unbelievable. And I've never seen. I mean, we've been watching NFL playoffs for a long time. I've never seen, other than the Music City Miracle, um, Son of Bomb, our guy who blocked me on Twitter. I've never seen a, a, a meltdown that bad in my entire life. And that goes right on Mike McCarthy's shoulders. It, Absolutely, it really does. And then you know the the kid that that's going up for the onside kick and it hits him right in the face. I mean that that's tough. <laughs> yeah, and I know everyone was ripping him. I mean that's not he deserves to be ripped a little bit. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, but it's still it's like you're it's right there. You know, go up and go up and catch it. You're on the hands team for a reason. You're right? on the hands team and it hits you in the in the face mask. <laughs> like it went right through your hands and hit you in the face. Like how does that happen? I don't know. And the onside kick never works. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. It really doesn't. It really it's doesn't. like uh, one of the trick ones where you kick it the yeah. other way. It works it in college. Works. It works in college all the time because yeah. they, they just can't do anything right on special teams. But in the NFL, it, it should never work. Yeah. It, it really shouldn't. But that that was a, that was a fun cover. And, and then, of course, everyone on tw- my guys on Twitter who were ripping me all of a sudden are like, yeah, we got it. Usually it goes against, like Colin and I always talk about the bad beats that go against us, which happen all the time. So it was nice to finally get a good beat because uh, – I, I certainly needed it, uh, even though, of course, we're just talking about play money. He's Colin Levesque. My name is Matt Weber. You can follow us on Twitter. Follow Colin at C underscore Boogie 33. You can follow me at Matt Weber. That's Matt with three Ts. You, of course, can subscribe to the High Motor Guy podcast on iTunes. Be sure to tell a friend. Um, this, of course, is our last uh, one of the NFL season, which uh, is crazy, man. It really flew by. We did them every week, all year long, and... Uh, I had a lot of fun, and it, it certainly makes it even more fun when one of our teams is actually in it. Now, one of these days, both of our teams are going to be in it. And if that day ever comes, I feel like the world's going to explode. You know, a replay of the 1985 uh, Super Bowl. Uh, what was that, Super Bowl 20? I, I can't remember. I always forget. Where the Bears were out partying the night before the game because they knew they were going to kill the Patriots. Yeah, I've never seen a team more confident and then still come through. Uh, like that was like they it's, make, it's right. It's fantastic if you think about it. it really, they knew I mean, they were going to. They knew they were going to just steamroll them. And you make the Super Bowl shuffle video like a month in advance. <laughs> <laughs> that, and you know that Patriots team wasn't very good. Um, they were actually pretty lucky to to be there. You know what's you know what's interesting about that, Maddie, is that they went. They were at the time the first road team to win or the first wild card team to win three road games to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And they beat Miami in Miami. Uh, and if you recall, Miami was the only team that beat the Bears that year. Yep. So it would have been interesting if Miami played Chicago in the Super Bowl that year. I'm sure Chicago would have killed them. But uh, it, it, that would have. it's kind of funny how that, how that played out. And you, and you see that from time to time. Um, I talked about it a couple of weeks ago in 96 when did Mark Brunel, who – 
we now know is basically a, a woman on TV. Um, <laughs> it's like John Boehner. Uh, it's like, I, I tweeted at him. I was like, I need some real estate advice. Can you help me out? <laughs> um, he went into Denver, knocked them off, and then, of course, New England gets to host Jacksonville and gets to the Super Bowl. So sometimes it works out like that. Um, but uh, not this year, not the case. We get the top two top two teams, so uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Not to name drop, but I will a little bit. I, <laughs> as Colin knows, I used to uh, work with Dan Hampton, and I was uh, I produced his radio show uh, here in Chicago about uh, what five six years ago. Um, actually, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, no, yeah, about six years ago. And uh, so I, I was fortunate enough to kind of hang out with him a little bit outside of work. And he's he's a terrific guy, really nice guy. Uh, gets a little bit of a bad rap because some of his, some of his his blunders on TV and radio <laughs> over the years. But he's actually a really good guy and a smart guy, and, and he and he loves sports and he obviously loves the Bears. But he uh, he told me that they wanted Miami so bad in that Super Bowl, and like they were actually disappointed that it was New England because he was like, you know, we we were undefeated and we went down and it was a Monday night game down in Miami, and we kind of took them for granted and we were out on South Beach, you know, and <laughs> and, uh, and he goes, they they kind of got fluky, and I think I think Jim McMahon like left that game early or something, something happened, and uh, it, it was kind of a fluky loss, and they were so pissed because they they wanted an undefeated season, obviously, and they felt like they had the team to do it. Um, that in the Super Bowl they're like, oh my God, we wanted Miami so bad, and and he was like, believe me, Miami wouldn't have scored. They would not have scored <laughs> on us. And uh, I, so yeah, they really took it out on the Patriots. Yeah, and if I recall, um, I, I watched. Uh, you know, I was a little bit young to to remember those. I mean, I remember the playoff run, but I don't remember the regular season games. But I watched something on it where uh, where Buddy Ryan refused to get out of. Uh, Marino was just picking apart the blitzes. Yeah, and and Didka was going crazy on the sideline. <laughs> And Ryan refused to, to stop attacking, and Marino was just just picking them apart. And uh, you could see Ditka and Ryan just almost come to blows on the sideline because Ditka's like, "You got to stop, or he's killing us," you know. So it's pretty. Uh, yeah, that would have been something else. Well, before we really take a deep dive into the game, let's talk about the Bears for a second, just because we haven't really talked about them um, much. Uh, you know, as a fan, I have to say, I'm kind of excited the direction they're going. Um, I liked the general manager hire in Ryan Pace. Um, you know, a young guy, kind of an innovative guy, a guy that's helped, helped build the, uh, the New Orleans Saints roster who have had a, a sustained level of success. Obviously they struggled this year, had some injuries and, and some issues and Drew Brees is getting a little older, but, uh, but everyone knows they've been a team that you fear for the last, you know, five, six, seven years. And he helped put that team together in a lot of ways. So, I'm excited to see what he's capable of doing. John Fox is a veteran guy that doesn't get me excited necessarily, but at least you know what you're going to get. He's going to, you know, he's not going to lose the locker room. Um, he he uh, he's going to be organized. He knows how to to take a team to the playoffs. Is he a, a top five coach? I don't think so. I really don't. Um, but he's been to a couple of Super Bowls and he's had some success. So you're cool with that, but then you look at you know Vic, Vic Fangio and hiring him as defensive coordinator, and he's brought in his guys from San Francisco, and then you look at uh, Gase, the offensive coordinator, um, who obviously with Peyton Manning did well. I'm not sure you know deeper than that, but this they, this has the makings on paper to be a legitimate, experienced coaching staff, which is something the Bears just haven't had. I mean, they generally don't hire guys with, with experience. They hire a, a coach that's never coached before in the NFL, and they hire, you know, some, some you know, makeshift assistants for the most part, uh, and, and then kind of let the chips fall where they may. I, I'm kind of excited the direction they're going. They're going to implement a 3-4 defense, which is exciting to me because I've been looking at the Tampa 2 forever now, and, you know, it's we the Bears certainly had success with that, but it'll be nice to see a change and, and more linebacker-focused and more blitzing and maybe modernize the defense a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on some of the, the stuff the Bears have done the last couple of weeks? Sure. Um, yeah, initially we, we had been emailing each other about this, and uh, initially I, I wasn't high on Fox, but um, I, I think I sent you this email about two weeks ago. I was like, this could work out. If they do what we've seen uh, implemented in Dallas and Detroit, you bring in a Jim Caldwell, uh, you keep Jason Garrett as sort of the, not the, you know, I guess the puppet or just the, 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 the face of, sure. the, of the team, like Jim Caldwell, but then you bring in, you know, a Scott Linehan in Dallas, uh, a Rod Marinelli in Dallas, 
uh, a Joe Lombardi in Detroit, a Terrell Austin in Detroit. You know, you bring in two really, really talented coordinators, uh, and we may be seeing a you know a blueprint here in the NFL for future coaching. Uh, coaching staffs for particular teams, but I, I love it. I think Vic Fangio is fantastic, and what you're getting out of him is a, a top three defensive mind in the game. Uh, and you look at San Francisco this year, as as bad as they struggled offensively, their defense was still a top yeah. five unit in the league. Without Alden and, uh, Smith, and that's without you know uh, Jason uh, Alden Smith. Yep. Um, you know, Navarro Bowman, uh, they lost Dante Whitner. They had a lot of drop-off, and their defense was still very, very good. So when you're talking to going from Mel Tucker to Vic Fangio, I mean, that's a huge, yeah. huge upgrade. And I, I also tweeted at you when they said John Fox was thinking about bringing in Mike Smith to run the defense. Oh I was like, God. you might as well start cheering for another team, Matty. Because <laughs> that's just well, – that, that, that would be a disaster. How about the Charlie Weiss rumors for the offensive oh coordinator? I would, have, yeah. I, I, I would have been so disgusted if they hired Charlie Weiss as the offensive coordinator. I know some Patriots fans still have a soft spot in their heart for Charlie Weiss, but I've seen him just run stuff into the ground. I mean, just – I mean – what he did to Notre Dame and, and Kansas University. Kansas was a joke. Oh my man. god! I mean, just run it into the ground, and he's yeah. still getting paid by by Notre Dame. <laughs> Notre Dame is still paying him right now. Yeah, and uh, he's still fat, and he had the fat man surgery. He's he ate right fat, through it. Making sense. <laughs> ate right through the fat man surgery. <laughs> um, but Kansas is another talented thing. offensive mind. He really is. Yeah. Uh, I you know I questioned the game plan he had in the playoffs. Um, as far as you know, winging it with an injured Peyton Manning, but uh, I think he's pretty talented. And if you look at the offensive coordinators they've had over the last six, seven years, again, huge, huge upgrade um, over you know the Mike Martzes and whomever else. I mean, uh, Aaron Cromer, uh, you know, he was a disaster in Chicago too. Oh my so, god! Yeah, Another I, I really baby. like what they did. Um, again, I wasn't high on Fox at first, but now, and he's done this through his entire career. He, he's Always had a very good staff around him, uh, whether that being Carolina or in Denver. I don't think Jack Del Rio is a, a great coach, but, um, you know, he got results. And, yeah, I mean, it's a big market. It's Chicago, like we've we talked about all year. You, you can't accept losing and getting uh, blown out week after week. So you will think uh, – and they have talent on that defense. Yeah. I mean, you could see a situation here where Fangio – um, you know, can turn that defense around in one year. I don't, I don't buy into this anymore. That, oh, it's going to take a couple years. I look what they did in San Francisco from Singletary to Harbaugh. That was a one-year transition, yep. and they turned that team right around. So I don't see any reason why they, they couldn't do that in Chicago. Um, you know Jay Cutler's coming back. Uh, I'm still not very high on him, but I'm sure they'll design a game plan where he's not going to be having to throw the ball a ton. Um, you'll see Matt Forte involved a lot more. So, yeah, it, you, things are looking up, um, and it's, it's, the staff is really coming together. So huge upgrades all around. You at least know, and it's sad you even have to say this, but you at least know that no team is just going to absolutely quit on John Fox. Exactly. Uh, you at least know that. He's going to be prepared. He's going to have the respect of the veteran guys in the locker room, and no one's going to quit on him. Uh, you know, after what we saw this this last year, where th that team just completely tuned out Mark Trestman and just quit on him, and that was one of the worst things I've I've, I've, I've ever seen. As a, there's nothing worse as a sports fan than watching a team that's quit. Uh, you know, if you're if you're not talented and you're just getting your ass kicked, but you're trying hard as a fan, you can say you you can at least appreciate that. You're like, okay, we're rebuilding right now. It's kind of what the Cubs have been doing the last couple of years, and you 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 knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, yeah, we're just getting our ass kicked because we don't have any talent, but. But we're, we're trying out there. We're playing a lot of young guys, and it's going to pay off. You know, there's going to be a payoff. But when your team just quits, it's, oh, my God. I, I couldn't even watch the Bears. I, I, I would just watch Red Zone. The last three weeks of the regular season, I just watched Red Zone. I couldn't watch the Bears. I couldn't watch it. Particularly in football, too. It's the worst. Yeah. When you see a team quit, like we're talking about that Kansas team with Charlie Weiss. Oh. Um, I'll go back to two years ago uh, with UConn and Paul Pascaloni, who they thankfully got rid of. Uh, that team completely quit on him. And it's so evident when a football team quits on a coach, I think a lot more so than in other sports, because football is a lot about effort. And uh, this, this Bears team this year was, yeah, it was unwatchable. It it's really pathetic. was. And I, I still don't know how, I think Mel Tucker got a job at Alabama. Am he I did. correct there? Yeah, he, he's the, I think, lineback either linebackers or defensive backs coach at Alabama. 
I mean, how can you bring him on anywhere? Well, but talk about a demotion. He goes from an NFL defensive coordinator at back-to-back jobs to now he's a position coach in college. <laughs> I mean, uh, you got to be glad to have a job somewhere. I mean, he was as bad as I've ever seen. He really was. Just think about this: the Bears' head coach is now the offensive coordinator at Baltimore. Their defensive coordinator is a, a secondary coach in college. And their offensive coordinator, Cromer, is he like out of coaching now? I mean, that's how bad the, their hires were at, at those three key positions. They all took demotions this year. That's how bad they were. And, yeah, and what's Phil Emery doing? Phil Emery, I, I, don't, I think I saw him on the bus this morning. And he, and he was, <laughs> yeah, he was, like, he was talking to himself. I, I, I don't know what Phil Emery's doing. I mean, what, as a Patriots fan, you have to be uh, happy or excited about the fact that Mark Trestman is going to be the offensive coordinator of the Ravens. Absolutely, <laughs> and I'll tell you what, uh, we've ripped on Gary Kubiak for years on this show, but he did a good job this year. He did. Um, and and he's, he's a good scheme guy. I just don't think he's a head coach. So we'll, we'll find out in Denver. Uh, but as soon as you saw Fox leaving, you, you could tell the, the writing was on the wall there for, for Elway to bring in his own guy, Kubiak. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a huge downgrade. You're going from, from Kubiak uh, to, to Mark Tressman. But who knows? We'll see. I mean, Tressman had a good year last year calling yeah. plays. So um, he just doesn't have to lead the team, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I tend to trust John Harbaugh. And, and I, I think the Ravens are a really good organization from top to bottom. So, I, you know, they obviously see something there. And Mark Tressman, uh, J- Jay Feely, who uh, the Bears picked up this year uh, in, for the last month of the season when Robbie Gold got hurt, uh, you know, 14-year NFL veteran kicker. He came out today on Chicago radio and basically said that uh, you know Tressman and Cutler's leadership in the locker room was pathetic. He's like, I've never seen worse leadership, and I've been in the NFL for 14 years. But he said Tressman's a really nice guy. Like he was like, I really liked him as a guy. He was a terrific guy, but he was just a horrible leader. Like he was kind of kind of weird and kind of kooky, and his delivery wasn't good, and guys just didn't buy into what he was saying. And, uh, and and so maybe as an offensive coordinator where he doesn't have to be the leader, he's just straight up scheming um, and, and keeping his quarterback confident, maybe that's a good role for him, and maybe John Harbaugh recognized that. Yeah, I can see that working out for them. So uh, let's, uh, let's sort of uh, get into it a little deeper here. Um, from a, a betting perspective, because I know, you know everyone, it's sort of like the NCAA tournament. Whether you're a diehard fan or not, you're going to put some money on the line. Uh, small amounts, obviously, office pools, whatever. But you're going to have something on the line for the Super Bowl, uh, whether you have a dog in the fight or not. Uh, we talked about the spread. Uh, I think minus one is the cons- consensus I'm seeing. But y- there's also pickums, and, and I've even seen minus two, as Colin alluded to, uh, at a couple of books. But it, it's it's a close line, no matter how you slice it. And then the over-under, typically I'm seeing 47.5, although I do see 48 at Bovada uh, right now. Um, so, uh, you talked about, not only do you like the, the Pats to cover, but you like them money line, uh, which I, I think I agree with you. I haven't fully decided on that. Uh, but are you seeing any other trends, uh, with, with, with the, the total or any, any prop bets that are enticing that you've, that you've seen over the last week? You know, to be honest with you, I haven't really looked at it. Um, I, I mean, I know I took the Pats money line a few days ago, just cause I like, like I said, I, I just think they have a favorable matchup. Um, I would probably lean to the under. I think points will be at a premium uh, in this game. I mean, it's going to be tough. Both defenses are playing really well, um, and we know that both offenses have have struggled at times, to be honest. If you looked at that Green Bay-Seattle game, I mean, they didn't get anything going until the fourth quarter. So, And we know the Green Bay defense uh, is not very good, to be perfectly honest. Right. So uh, so I probably would lean to the under. Um, you looked at last year's game, uh, that was a bit of an anomaly, the way it started with the bad snap and, um, they just, you know, they had a kickoff return for touchdown to start the second half. Um, so I would probably lean under too, but that's not, that's something I'll take a little closer look at. I mean, 47 is a key number, you know, it's probably lined fairly well. Um, but I would probably picture a, a lower scoring game. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but. Um, I do like the Patriots um, as far as money line goes. You mentioned it, and you asked me two weeks ago which team I, I would rather see, and I said, um, or which team I feared the most. Sure. And I told you it was Aaron Rodgers uh, and the Packers if he was healthy. And I stand by that because if you go back through this through this run the Patriots have had after Week Four, um, they lost two games, but it was really only one to Green Bay. The 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 loss to Buffalo at the end of the season. They didn't play their starters. 
Uh, and Rodgers beat them straight up on skill by making throws that no one else can really make in this league. I mean, he just beat them straight up on skill. And I don't think there's any other quarterback in the league that can do that, um, particularly Russell Wilson. You know, we saw the struggles he had against Green Bay. So, um, so that's the way I would look there. I mean, I feel good about this one, Matty. I don't. When, I, when we played the Giants uh, a couple years back, I was worried about our defense and uh, just the ability to get stops, you know. Uh, our secondary was weak. We had practice squad guys in there. Uh, this Patriots defense, if you erase that first half against Baltimore, uh, they've been outstanding. So I, I feel really good about our chances in this one. The Patriots are, are a very well-put-together roster from top to bottom, and like you said, the the recent Patriots runs, uh, last five, six years or whatever, obviously the Patriots have been very good for a long time, but you could always point to a, a weakness. I don't know if I see it on this team because they, they run the ball. Brady looks good. Um, you, you have guys making plays. Gronk is healthy. Uh, you know, Gronk's been injured in, in years past. He's healthy and, and, and has been terrific. And then on the defensive side, Revis and Browner just aren't giving up anything uh, to, uh, to, to, to anyone. Um, and, and the Patriots always are, are, are pretty solid against the run. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, I, I think the Patriots are going to win a close game. I do think it's going to be close. My initial instinct was to take the over, but, but when you dig a little deeper, uh, you know, the Pats have gone under the total in six of their last eight games. They're really trending that way. Uh, we saw what, the Green, what Green Bay did, did to Seattle, and I think New England will, you know, institute a lot of elements of, of that game plan into uh, how they defend Russell Wilson by really spying him, keeping him in the pocket, uh, forcing his receivers to get open um, without, you know, getting into a scramble situation. They're really good at improvising. But when you keep him in the pocket and, and they have to get open on, on that first move, uh, they're not very good receiving-wise to have guys that can just get open. Um, they, they really rely on Russell Wilson getting them open by scrambling and, and getting the defense out of sorts and extending the play. And then, you know, you'll see a guy drift open. And, and that's how they beat the Packers late. But if you watch that whole game, they were really bottled up. Now, I don't – and Bill Belichick said the same thing. I don't think they've faced a running back as good as Marshawn Lynch. Beast Mode has not lost a step. I mean, that dude is unbelievable still. And now he's had an extra week to to kind of rest up a little bit. Does that make you nervous at all? Because Baltimore really ran the ball well against the Patriots in the first half. Uh, you, as you mentioned, the Patriots really tightened the screws in the second half. Um, but Forsett really had it going. I mean, he was ripping off five, six, seven yards of carry in that first half, and that was opening up play action to Flacco to uh, to um, get that 14-point lead and really put the pressure on the Pats. Uh, how concerned are you with Marshawn Lynch in the Seattle running game? It, it concerns me a little bit, um, but when I look at the Seattle offensive line compared to the Baltimore offensive line, uh, that's a huge, huge difference. Like we're talking about Marshall Yanda, the, the guard for the Ravens. He, yeah. He's the best right guard. He's an Iowa guy. He's the best right guard in the league. Um, and they were getting him out in front of the linebackers on sweeps, yep. and he was just killing people. So Seattle's offensive line, they don't have uh, anyone of that type of caliber. Uh, they did get Max Unger back, like I mentioned, but he's been kind of hobbled. So um, I, I thought Carolina did a decent job, and Green Bay did a great job bottling him up until until late in the game. So it concerns me a little bit. He's a terrific running back. There's no doubt about it. He might be the best running back in the league as far as uh, yards after contact and just running violently. Um, but if they, one thing Belichick really does well is especially with an extra week to prepare, if you do one thing really well, he'll take that away from you and yeah. make you beat him uh, in other ways. So I would assume their focus will be to contain Wilson and stop down the, shut down the run game with Collins and Hightower. Uh, and if they do that, like I said, I, I just don't know how they're going to be able to move the football because, uh, you know, if they had Golden Tate and Percy Harvin, this would be a different story. Right. But you're talking – Curse and Baldwin against Rivas and, and Browner and uh, McCordy and Arrington, that's a huge edge to the Patriots. You're not scared of Tony Moyaki? <laughs> or uh, Owen Wilson, I mean, yeah. or Luke Wilson, whatever. I mean, One yeah, of the Wilson I'm not, brothers. I'm not too concerned. And again, when you look at the Ravens with their, their downfield passing attack where Flacco can just beat you deep with a couple home run guys with Smith and the Torrey Smith and Steve Smith and then their tight ends and um, just a, a lot of good players, you know. So 
I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, I, I feel pretty good about this one, Matty. On the injury front, anything concerning? I know Seattle fans are very worried about Earl Thomas and uh, uh, Richard Sherman specifically. Um, but uh, Michael Bennett's a little banged up. Uh, Justin Britt has a knee issue. Clinton Gresham, uh, the uh, the uh, uh, left, uh, actually, I think he's a. Is he? I think he might be a linebacker. Um, I, ha- I have him down on their injury list. I think those guys are all going to play. Anything on the Patriots side you're, you're hearing? I know Brandon Browner was a little banged up. Same with Hightower. Uh, those guys will be fine, and we got Brian Stork back, our center uh, from Florida huge. State. He was out against the Colts. He got hurt in the Ravens game. So they had uh, Josh Klein playing right guard, which is not an optimal situation uh, for the Patriots' offensive line. This goes back to the beginning of the season where they're, they had struggles with the continuity on that offensive line, and Stark being back at center really is a, a huge, huge uh, addition for them, particularly when you're talking about the Seattle defensive line, which is very good. So, no, other than that, I think this is the healthiest Patriots Super Bowl team since 2004. Um, they really don't have many injuries, and if you go back to uh, 2011, they were very banged up. Gronk was banged up. Uh, they, they, I mentioned the secondary. They had a couple practice squad guys in there. So this is the healthiest Patriots Super Bowl team in, uh, in a long time. So that's a, that's a huge advantage. You, you definitely feel like everything's clicking right now for the Patriots. Um, and then you get to the off-the-field stuff. Is, is that something that, first of all, you can, if you want, give your take on it. Uh, I don't have a, a huge opinion on it, but I know you, you, you've been reading up on it and, and fighting with trolls on Twitter um, for the last uh, several weeks. Is that a distraction at all? I mean, the fact that these guys are having to answer questions about that stuff and, and do press conferences and, and I, it, it's front of mind for everyone. Is that a distraction? Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't think it is now, and I'm kind of glad it happened last week um, instead of this week. And I think most people have kind of put it behind them now uh, once you realize that it's bullshit, and there's nothing there, and the league is backpedaling, and Robert Kraft called the league out, and Belichick called the league out, uh, and, and there's really, there's nothing there. So uh, I don't think it's as big of a distraction, and this kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, 96 when they when they got to the Super Bowl. Parcells came out during the week and basically said he's going to leave the team. Uh, it's a little bit like that, but to a lesser extent. That was a huge distraction because Parcells, leaked that story to Will McDonough a couple days before the game. And then it became all about him and leaving the team because we kind of knew before the game he was going to leave the team, and I think it became a distraction for the team. But since this happened last week, um, and I think that the, you know, the more that comes out, people can kind of see that I know Boston fans or people that uh, Patriots fans that have been on top of this, you can kind of see it's bullshit. There's nothing there. There really isn't. And it's going to come out that this whole, this whole thing was uh, just – a ridiculous uh, investigation by the league, which got tried to, you know, catch the Patriots red-handed with something, and it, it just didn't happen. And we know the NFL is capable of botching investigations. We could just look at the, you know, the Ray Rice situation. Oh my so, God. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't think at this point it's a distraction to the team. And Belichick addressed it. Kraft addressed it. And um, I, no, I think they've they've put it behind them at this point. How do the Patriots? score against this defense I, I mean is it what who's who's the surprise performer that you see really exposing the Patriots is it is it a, a running back is it a Jonas Gray you know 150 yard game is it uh is it Gronk and, and you know the fact that he's such a mismatch out there um how do you how do you see them scoring uh you know enough points to win this game against a vaunted Seattle defense that ranks either first or second in basically every major defensive category Sure. Um, I, I, I think you're going to see a guy like Brandon LaFell or Danny Amendola, um, like he did against Baltimore, mm-hmm. kind of a third or fourth option type of guy step up. And, you know, they're going to have a, a favorable matchup. Whoever is on up against Brandon Maxwell, that's going to be a favorable matchup for the Patriots. So I think you're going to see Brady uh, stay away from Sherman. Sherman's a terrific player. Love him or hate him. He's, he's really good. Uh, you're going to see Brady isolate. Uh, Brandon Maxwell, yeah. with whomever that may be. And you're really going to see that the Patriots are very good at isolating uh, the, te- the defense's weakest link. You saw it in the Baltimore game. It, the, the cornerback for the Ravens, is, his name is escaping me at the moment, but uh, they just attacked him the entire game. So you, you're going to see a lot of that, and hopefully they'll be able to run the ball with Stark back um, and LeGarrette Blount kind of picking it up against the Colts. Um, you, you hopefully see them get the running game going again. 
He's Colin Levesque. My name is Matt Weber. We do it every week. Obviously, this will be the last week of the NFL season. Uh, And then Colin and I will be back for March Madness, as we've done March Madness uh, three years in a row, and it's a great time. It's uh, one of the the other great betting times of the year um, to to get your bracket, and we do it week by week. We do the Field of 64, we take you to the Sweet 16, Elite 8, and so on, all the way to the end. So that'll be fun, and that's only a couple of months away. Uh, Colin, any final thoughts? You're down in Arizona. You're right in the thick of it. I'm sure you're probably going to find a way into the game, uh, but even if you don't, uh, you're right in the thick of it. any, any, any final thoughts, any things you, you want to say before uh, um, we sign off here? No, it's been a great year, and uh, I look forward to coming back next year. Um, and what I'll do, Matty, is, like I mentioned, I have a, a buddy from ESPN coming down, and my brother's coming down, so hopefully we'll have some some connects to get into some parties. And yeah. uh, we're working on getting in the game. So I'll be active on Twitter um, for the next three days, and I'll post some pics, and uh, I'll try to post as many – videos and pics as possible to give uh our listeners kind of like a running commentary if you're not on twitter uh it's 2015 get on twitter please <laughs> uh but no it's been a lot of fun and uh yeah well, we'll keep it going and we'll come back for uh for year five next year that's crazy if you think about it it's it been doing crazy. this that long and yeah it's a lot of fun and um our March Madness stuff. Well, I'm sure we'll get Brendan Murphy involved too, and I've been pretty up uh, up to speed on college hoops as well. So yeah, looking forward to doing that, and yeah, we'll just keep it going. Uh, we appreciate all the listeners, and uh, I think our fan base has gotten a lot bigger this year. So we really do appreciate that, and um, you know, we'll just keep it going. Yeah, and find Gronk, find Gronk out there, and just follow him around. <laughs> if you follow Gronk around, you're gonna have a good time. Yeah, I will. I will try my best. Uh, I, I, I. I want to say in 07, I bumped into Bill Simmons. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, Willie McGinnis, Tony Saragusa. It was different there, though. In 07, everything was centralized in downtown Scottsdale, and uh-huh. now everything's really spread out. So it's kind of different because the stadium is uh, about 30 minutes west of here, out in Glendale. Right. But then right. you have the downtown, that whole scene, and then you have the Scottsdale scene. So I'm sure I'll have uh, some shenanigans I can share. And uh, like I said, I'll post as much as I can. He's Colin Levesque. My name is Matt Weber. We do it every week. As Colin said, we really appreciate everyone that's tuned in. Be sure to tell a friend about the podcast. Go Patriots if you're a Pats fan. If you're a Seahawks fan, go Seahawks. If you're a Bears fan, wait till next year. All right, take care.